one land deal could change your life, which I'm sure you see and your, uh, your students see. It's it's crazy. Absolutely. And you don't, you know, we're talking, I'm talking big deals here, but you can do a land subdivision for 20, 30 grand and do seller financing. You don't need an attorney. You just need to negotiate with, with the seller. Like, hey, Mr. Seller, I'll give you five grand and then 25 grand over five years. It's really simple stuff. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Hello, Rhino Nation, Wholesaling Inc. I've got the most amazing podcast for you today. I got an expert land investor doing things a little bit differently than what we we generally talk about on here. This guy is is buying large tracts of land with seller financing. He's using the seller's money to finance these deals, and he's turning around and subdividing them into smaller parcels, and then he's seller financing those, and he's turning into massive, massive profit. Let's go ahead and get right into the episode. John Jasniak, how are you today, man? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for jumping on. I, you're just getting over being sick. So appreciate the, the go-giver attitude you've got. I've been following your Instagram success and you know everything you're doing with land and just out there in your Audi and your drone footage and, and your sign critiques. Uh, I love everything you're doing with land. So I just wanted to you know get you on today and you know, talk about what's working. But before that, why land? You know what drove you to land? Uh, it seems like it's the best kept secret, but I'm always interested in, in why people choose land. I love it because it's simple, it's straightforward and easy. Like I'm a very simple guy. All these people out here doing complicated stuff in real estate or in any business, really. And I'm not sure how you got into it, but how I got into it was on a podcast. I hear a lot of stories about the side hustle show. Episode 108 is where I found it with the land geek, Mark Podolsky, who I'm sure we both know. Guy comes on there, starts talking about land. I'm like, it really does sound almost too simple and too good to be true, but it really is that simple. And that's, I think maybe you can relate. That's why we we like it. Anyone can start, anyone can do it. You can do it from anywhere. So just keep it simple. I like to keep it simple. So why do I need to be doing complicated stuff to make money or achieve whatever my goal is? I mean, could be money for some, could be freedom, could be financial freedom, whatever it is. I love the fact that you said, too good to be true and simple because, you know, we do a lot of land deals that they just kind of come back to us. The people sign the purchase agreement that we send them. We send it to the title company. We, we just closed one with one lady. Was only, it was only through text messages. And my acquisition manager, Chrissy, she's like, this is too good to be true. Like I, I had to have three conversations with this lady. She wanted a higher price. And we offered her a thousand bucks because we weren't quite sure of the area and sold it for 16,000 within a few days. And that's when she said, that's too good to be true. And we still have that. And we haven't been doing this forever, like since 2016. And it still feels too good to be true. So I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Well, I think we may have started at basically the same time. I was late 2016 when I first bought a couple courses, dove in and then made my first purchase and you know, like you just said, thousand bucks, five thousand bucks. I mean, I feel, I feel like that's where a lot of us start. Is that that small, yeah. simple, straightforward? Get it, flip it, and then it's kind of the sky's the limit from there. 
Yeah, no, and I did start there. My first one was 285, and then the second one was 500, and then the third one I think was 1100, and then turned into 2000. And it, it just, you know, I don't want to say I lacked confidence at that time, but I really did lack confidence. Well, if this land is so cheap, like, how is this going to work for me? And, and they just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So every one of them built my momentum and built my confidence. So that's funny that we did. Did you take a course or anything to start off? Like what was your first education? Like dip the toe in? Did you do any of that or were you self-taught? No way. I was uh, actually Tom Kroll with Wholesaling Inc. The founding rhino that started Wholesaling Inc. was my mentor at that time. And nice. I, was, I was in house wholesaling. I was still searching for answers. I was a army officer working 13 hours a day, always away from my family, always training, always preparing for a deployment in the army. And I was looking for a way to get out. And I was doing okay with the house wholesaling, but it was like a, it was a game of Russian roulette for me. I was spending so much money sending out postcards and I was sending like a thousand every single, like, I think it was like a thousand every five days. And that was really adding up. And it wasn't even my money. I didn't have the money. I was using Capital One and American Express credit cards. There we go. And I would pray I would do a deal before, you know, those payments were due. And I was just listening, looking and searching and studying YouTube University. And I, same thing with you. I heard a guy doing land deals and I immediately started mailing land that day. And my world changed from that point forward. And yes, I've, I've hired all the coaches. I firmly believe in coaching. I currently have a nutritionist right now, a personal trainer. So I'm always trying to improve because, you know, that person is a few years ahead of where I want to be. And I, I want to, we'll provide some massive value here, especially to the beginners, but real quick on the coaching thing, like we both have our own coaching thing that we do. And I so relate to that because I'm talking with a guy right now. He's like, you know, do I want to get coaching and do I not? It's like exactly what you said. You can hit YouTube University. You can figure it out yourself. No doubt about it. But it's going to take you months and months, maybe even a couple years. And the main thing for a coach too is just more just accountability, right? Make sure people are getting mail <laughs> out. Make sure people are picking up the phone. Like even myself, whether, you know, you're in the nutrition, I'm big into fitness and nutrition. Like we're all humans. We all struggle with discipline and accountability, whether it's land, financials, fitness, life in general. So you need hopefully someone to help you unless you're just like a drill sergeant and you got this ironclad willpower, like for sure. Yeah. Hit it hard. Unless you're David Goggins. Yes. You know, you just go by yourself and grind alone. No, I actually have a, as soon as we hang up with this podcast, I have a call with my trainer, my coach, my nutritionist, and I'm nervous for the call because I've been traveling the last four days and I haven't I haven't hit my water intake goals. I haven't hit my workout goals. I haven't hit my my calorie goals. So I'm nervous because I've got to tell this guy I failed. You know, I not only failed myself and him, but you bet yourself that I, you bet your butt I've been thinking about it. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have even came near even meeting those goals. So we're all compressing timeframes. Smart people learn from their own mistakes. Yes, I want to be a wise person and learn from other people's mistakes. Well, you're looking great, so. dude. I don't, don't be too hard on yourself over here. <laughs> I think you'll be hey, all right. This is not. This is a podcast. No one can see us, anyways. It's all good. Appreciate the compliment, though. I, I don't need any more for the rest of the day. That just made my entire day. But uh, let's get into land. Why people are listening to this podcast? You know, a lot of our listeners they're just getting started, or maybe they're in the house deals and the wholesaling and flipping houses. What does your business look like today? And then I want to back up and see like, you know, what it looked like before and some of the, the roadblocks and obstacles that you overcame to get where you are today. 
So I guess, where are you at currently right now? What's your land business look like? So I'm the owner and founder, of course, of, of Jazz Land. And right now it's a $10 million plus company. And I'm focused mainly exclusively on subdividing. I love subdividing mainly in Texas, but of course you can do nationwide. That's more of an advanced skill set. Of course, I didn't start there. I've literally done it all, sending out hundreds or thousands of mailers, doing quick flips, doing wholesale deals, doing small flips. And I mean, I just came to realize over, you know, you do this long enough, you build up experience and you need to scale your business. And so after doing it five plus years, it's like, okay, what is the best way to scale a land business? And the best way that I figured out how to do that is subdividing. So we got three multi-six figure projects going on right now in Texas, subdivides. One of them I'm super pumped about out near Fort Stockton. That's where I was at the last few days. It's 250 acres. And we'll be doing like 20 to 25 different uh, 10, 12-ish acre lots in there. And I love to buy on seller financing. So it's more of an advanced skill set. A lot of people buying out on cash. A big tip I have for you know beginners or newbies, obviously, you're going to get going. You're going to buy a lot like you did for 200 bucks or 500 bucks. Boom. Perfect. That's simple. And as you, you get going and get more experience, start looking into actually mailing on seller financing. So instead of buying their lots for cash, it's a good way to leverage your capital and even find more deals is to send out some direct mail offering them to buy their land with 20% down and however much over five years or seven years and just use the seller as a bank. So right now I'm trying to scale my business to a hundred million dollar land company and I enjoy all this social media stuff. And that's the fun part is like hopping on a podcast here and doing the content and all that stuff. So I do a lot of that. And uh, of course, if a deal comes up, that's like, oh, I'm gonna buy it for five grand and sell it for 20. Like no one's going to turn that down. So, you know, every now and then I'll buy a 10 acre lot or five acre lot for 5k and flip it for 10 or 15. Yeah, man, that's super intriguing. The seller financing, because I'd love for you to break that down some more because I sell a lot of my stuff on seller financing and I try and buy sometimes on seller financing, but I'm thinking I'm getting into the head right now of the listener is, wait a minute. 20% down on a, you know, a, I think you mentioned the, like, you actually didn't mention the price. You mentioned the acreage. Yep. But what does that 20% down look like? And how do I come up with that? Yeah. So the seller financing thing kind of changed the game for me because I, I kind of moved past this beginner phase where I was buying these five, ten, twenty thousand $20,000 lots. I was like, all right, I'm out of capital. How can I go get more money? And I ended up getting a line of credit with the bank which I kind of stumbled into is almost pure luck. And I used that all that up, of course, didn't want to pay it back. So we turned it into a term loan. I was like, all right, I just got 250 grand, but I'm still out of capital. What can I do? And it was going to real estate meetups, which I highly recommend people do, even if it's local, like house meetups or just, you know, multifamily, whatever, we're always going to be the only land people there. Every time I show up to these things, I'm the only land guy, which is funny, but I always learn something from those people. And Absolutely. At this particular one, some guy's like, all right, why don't you just use the seller as a bank and you can do what's called a wraparound mortgage or a wraparound note. So we're basically just removing the clause in the paperwork that says, okay, Mr. Seller, I'm going to buy your land. And I'm when I turn around and sell it, that note is not going to be called due. You're legally setting it up so that you can go to a seller, offer them 10 to 20% down, get it under contract, and have the paperwork set up where you could sell it, lease it, subdivide it, whatever, while you're paying that seller monthly. And so that's all set up up front. Now, all you need to figure out is how to come up with that down payment. If you can negotiate 0% down, which 
I actually have never been able to do. But with the way the market is turning right now and the way things are going, I wouldn't rule that out in the future. So the goal, obviously, is to negotiate as little percent down as possible that you have to give the seller. Otherwise, you're coming cash out of pocket, you know, for 10, 50, 100 Gs, whatever it is, depending on the size of the deal. Or you can go use other people's money again and work out a deal with an investor to front the money. I mean, there's a million different ways to structure these things. But the one key thing about the seller financing that I like is it allows you to leverage your money and your returns go way up. So your actual you know, rate of return annualized, however you want to look at it as an investor actually goes through the roof because you're giving them a small percentage down. So now when you're trying to raise money from an investor or friends or family or whoever, like your pitch, okay, now you're not just going to double your money. You're going to quadruple or five times your money because you're only giving them 10 or 20% down. So the returns go way up, which I love. Especially if you're borrowing from your line of credit or have another investor fronting the cash or basically an equity partner, or maybe even a lender, your your returns are actually infinite because it sounds to me like you could do a deal, a subdivide deal with zero of your own money. Yes. And I think what a lot of newbies and beginners don't utilize enough is, as I mentioned before, just send out some direct mail on seller financing because your numbers go through the roof. And so, you know, maybe you mail out a thousand pieces of mail and you buy two or three deals, you know, the hit rate is whatever, 1%, 0.2%, whatever it is, depending on the area of the market, et cetera. Just remail that same list, seller financing, and you can you can offer them even more money because you're only giving them a small percent down. So, you know, maybe they're 10 acre lots, you're mailing them out for two grand. Well, you bought two or three of them, now remail the same list at three or four grand per acre offering seller financing and boom, scoop up a few more lots and just go ahead and sell those. And that's that's amazing because we actually had a seller just recently actually bring up seller financing to us because he didn't want a huge chunk of cash. Yeah. He wanted to break up his tax burden. So he actually suggested that he seller finance to us. So that's another strategy that, that some of these sellers are interested in. Dude, keep that seller, that guy, him or her, whoever it is, is uh, you don't run into too many of those. That's, there is a huge tax benefit, obviously, because you're putting off the tax bill and they don't have capital gains on it, whatever. But it's funny, most sellers obviously want cash today, which is easy for us to do on a small lot because we're almost like the way I like to think of it is we're like providing a seller a service like their lots worth 10 grand we see this all the time they're not going to go and uh list it themselves or no realtor broker is really going to mess with it no one's going to show it so boom we come in and give them four or five g's and we have the intense knowledge to go put it on facebook or put it on lands.com or our website wherever and turn around and flip it for 10 grand so we almost provide a service but when you step up to those bigger deals the service kind of fades away because Joe Schmo who's selling their hundred thousand or five hundred thousand dollar piece of land. It's like, okay, now a realtor is gonna be interested in helping them out. Now they're, you know, they're not gonna take 30 or 40 cents on the dollar. There's a lot of money at stake. So they're gonna start figuring some stuff out and how to list it and uh, get a realtor or broker involved. So it's it's less of a service when you get to step up to that level. And I think uh seller financing becomes even more important, but still, especially in today's market, it's turning. I don't know. We could talk about that. You're probably seeing it as well. Like I feel like I would love to talk about it. Yeah, things, absolutely. Things are turning, but all 2021 things were so freaking hot. People were just like, I'm on top dollar. Their land, you know, yeah. their land was selling, especially the bigger pieces. And they weren't interested in seller financing. They're like, go give me cash. Otherwise I'm going to sell it to, to someone else, which 
the small lots, mailing out those small lots and quick flips is almost just a whole niche in and of itself. And that market is still wide open because that service we're giving people is never going away, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up about the market changing because I'm now seeing this turn into a buyer's market for, for me as a investor, also for our buyers as well. Do you think that helps us or hurts us with these negotiations on these, these larger parcels that, that you're purchasing? Oh, it helps big time because now you have more leverage to do really creative, <laughs> stupid things like giving them 0% down or giving them 10% down or giving them you know only 70% of what they're wanting on a cash deal. Like A lot of these pieces of land are illiquid anyways, because to be honest, a lot of people aren't very good at marketing land or any t- type of real estate. We're talking about the sign critiques and people putting crappy signs out or crappy listings online, um, these realtors and brokers mainly. And so now you have a piece of land that's probably already illiquid, especially if it's larger in size. And now the market's turning and now things are really starting to get hard and not moving and drying up and banks, bank money, bank funding is becoming more expensive. So as land investors kind of operating creatively, the opportunity opens up uh, tremendously, I think. No, I love that. And another question I wanted to ask is, you mentioned that these sellers you know, they have a huge piece of land. It's very expensive. They're not taking 40, 50 cents on the dollar. Well, you know, what percentage are you getting these at a discount? Because mm-hmm. I understand you're forcing the appreciation by making them into smaller, more sizable, purchasable lots that the banks will finance on. So first question is, you know, what percentage are you paying on these? And then second question is, are you seller financing to your end buyer or are these buyers getting bank loans? Yeah, two really good questions. So. I do still buy it at a discount, these larger pieces. Now back to kind of the logic and mind frame of, okay, we have a $10,000 piece of land. We can offer them 30, 40 cents on the dollar. We're providing more of a service. Now you step up to your big pieces where realtors get involved. There's you know, a lot of money at stake. I'm up at probably 70 to 80 cents on the dollar. I'm providing them less of a service. I'm actually a full, close to full retail buyer, but I still want to buy it at a little bit of a discount obviously because my returns are going to be higher when I subdivide it because I just paid less for the piece as a whole. And secondarily, I could I still have the option of selling the entire piece. I got it at a good price under value. It's very rare that I want to be paying full value for anything. I mean, there's just so much land out there and, and so many deals to be had. It really takes a very unique piece in an area I love where it's very cookie cutter and I'm adding a tremendous amount of value by actually subdividing it or doing a simple road or whatever, that it's a very rare situation where I'm paying 90 to 100% of market value. I don't think you ever want to be doing that on anything you buy. We all want you know deals, whether it's real estate or at the supermarket or at wherever. I mean, <laughs> I don't like paying full, full price for anything. Now, that being said, when I sell them off, I'm a huge cash flow guy. Like Cash flow is my middle name, I feel like. like I love getting monthly payments, passive income. Like That's one of the main reasons why I started this business is so that I can have people paying me monthly and go stupid content or travel around or whatever. Um, So yes, I like to sell them. I'll subdivide it. Then I'll sell it off to uh, my customers on owner financing. Probably 90% of my deals are that way. Oh man, that's so exciting. Yeah. We use wraparound paperwork, which is, it's just a different set of documents. Any attorney or whoever can prep that for you. 
And what I found when talking to an attorney, when you go and present this to them, you want to explain to that attorney what you are looking for. Like you've got to be very good at explaining to these attorneys and some attorneys, maybe not so much, but I found that if you go in there knowing exactly what you want to do and that attorney can't figure it out, go to another one because you could pretty much do anything you want to in real estate, especially in land, because there's like no, there's no box. We, they can't put you in a box. Like, I love that you're doing that because you mentioned rap and that's really what brought me. You mentioned rap like five or 10 minutes ago. That's what brought me to that question. Cause that makes me even more excited. You're buying at a discount in the beginning. Then you're taking this massive parcel of land and bringing it down to smaller parcels that it makes it more affordable. However, you also get to force appreciation. You get to force the value, increase the value of each one of these, you know, 10 to 12 acre parcels times 45 of them. Yep. Uh, that's what you mentioned earlier. And then seller finance them. So now you have 45. If you only, I don't know, you said you're only financing about 90% of them. Let's just say you did all 10 of them or all 10, 100% of them. You've got 45 notes, 45 different buyers paying you every single month to finance your lifestyle. Yes. And when you're talking about real estate attorneys, I think it's important that you find someone who's familiar with land development if and when you get to this point. And also someone who has a skill set or is familiar with creative financing because there can be a lot of crazy, unique situations in real estate. So you need someone who is familiar with creative financing, paperwork, and land development. And as far as the wraps go and the cash flow, yes. I mean, my biggest subdivide, I guess, that I'm kind of most well known for at the moment and people see on social media is the Jazz Acres development that I did where it was 465 acres where I gave them 250K down and 1.25 million over 10 years. So I'm paying the seller 14.5 per month. In an ideal world, like you're saying, you own or finance them 100% of them. I had 74 lots. So if I had done that, my total cash flow would have been gross about 60K. So I'd be taking in about 60K from all these lots and paying the seller about 14.5. It's a crazy spread and return that you can get on a lot of these subdivides. Now that's a perfect world. You're not going to sell all of them on owner financing. 10 to 20% at least for me go off in cash. People have their own financing. They're smaller lots. It's only 10, 20 grand. They, they have the cash on hand. So that's what I see is probably 10 to 20% cash buyers. And then whether you're a beginner or an expert, it's the same thing on a $10,000 lot or a $100,000 lot. When you finance these suckers out, we always charge a premium for owner financing, right? Someone may give us 10 grand cash or we're going to finance it out to them for like, I don't know, 250 a month for 72 months. And it's going to be like 18,000 or something on owner financing. It's like, there's this huge upcharge and people are paying it, which is crazy. So there's huge arbitrage and we're going to finance it out to our customers and make a ton of passive income. We're going to have these notes on the books for 18 grand, or we're going to take 10 grand today. But I like the notes. I have like all these notes on my books that are, you know, upcharged because I'm owner financing, then we can sell those notes to investors if we ever need the capital, which I do a lot of, but I'm getting a little scared there because I feel like that market's drying up a little bit too because of this whole recession that we're in. Everyone's just being smarter with their money, you know? So I'm trying to as well, basically. Yeah. I mean, you said it yourself, the consumer, the end seller, the person that you are buying from is going to see the slowdown, see this turn into a buyer's market, and they're going to be willing to take less money down, less interest, you know, sometimes $0 down, you know, 0%. What interest rate are you paying your sellers to carry this financing for 10 years? 
It's usually about 7%, which the interest rate does make a difference, but I like to think of it less in terms of interest and just in terms of your um, total cost per acre that you're in the deal. So like, you know, you're in for three grand per acre at whatever interest rate is. The interest rate's almost irrelevant. Of course, we want to pay 0% interest because our monthly payment's going to be lower, but the spread on these is so wide. And so I, I like to think of it just simply in terms of total cost breaker on the purchase side and total cost breaker on, on my sales. And just what that spread is, is how I make my money. But the interest rate is almost like a good negotiating tool. I mean, I'm more than happy to give sellers 10 to 15% interest if I need to, wow. because the spread and numbers still work. So it's so good because again, you're leveraging your money, your returns go up so high, you have the capability to do that. It's a great bargaining technique, I feel like, because the seller hears that like, oh, I'm going to make 10 or 12% interest. I'm more than happy to pay that because I know how much I'm going to be making after subdividing it. And now I've just given them you know, a huge benefit. And it's just, okay, you weren't going to sell their finance to me? Well, what if I give you 12% interest on your money? It's still going to make a heck of a lot more sense for me to do that than to give them cash up front. You know? Now, are these loans fully amortizing over 10 years or are you paying interest only? They're usually fully amortized, but you could do interest only. You could do, you know, hey, I'm not going to give it. I'm, I'm looking at one right now. It's like this monster deal. I don't want to say where it's at, but they're asking $6 million. And I'm like, I know it's been on the market for a while. This market, this, this puppy, if you ask me, is coming down. Down even more where we're sitting. We're sitting early October. And things are going to get drier and drier. And these deals, these offers are not going to be coming in. So I'm like, man, I want to go and see if this guy is interested in seller financing. And I'm going to try and give him like 0% down and be like, hey, give me three or six months of no payments. And then maybe three or six months of like, you know, a fraction of what I'll be giving you fully amortized. And then let's bump it up into a fully amortized loan. I mean, there's so many different ways to, to slice it. You could pay him yearly. You could pay him quarterly. You could pay him monthly. You could do interest only. I mean, whatever you can negotiate. And that's the fun part of this game and why you need an attorney who is familiar with creative financing if you step up to this level because there can be crazy deals and um, crazy value to be to be added. But from a simple perspective, you don't even need an attorney or anything starting off. Like I did a lot of these deals just by myself. It's just negotiating. You just got to be a little bit savvy with how to negotiate these deals. Not hard. Well, Sam, very cautious. And I have a lot to lose. You know, my house is paid for. I've got three children. How do I find a land development slash creative financing attorney? Do I just Google that? Yeah, I would Google real estate attorney in your town near you. You're going to never, whether it's an attorney, a contractor, a realtor, whoever it is, never take the first one. You know, you don't want to take the first guy who's selling you a rubber chicken dinner and the sky is all high and mighty and it's, you know, green pastures. You want to interview, you know, three to five people, ask them some good questions. Are you familiar with land development? Are you familiar with creative financing? What are some examples of creative promissory notes or deals you've done? Are you familiar with land subdividing? Um, how long have you been doing it? Just simple questions and choose one that, that works. But I always tell people one land subdivision can change your life. One land deal could change your life, which I'm sure you see and uh, your students see. It's, it's crazy. Absolutely. And you don't, you know, we're talking, I'm talking big deals here, but you can do a land subdivision for 20, 30 grand and do seller financing. You don't need an attorney. You just need to negotiate with, with the seller back. Like, hey, Mr. Seller, I'll give you five grand and then 25 grand over five years. It's really simple stuff. My first land subdivision would cost me $27,000 to go. buy the land. And it cost me roughly 1800 to the county. 
I paid the engineer to tell me where the wetlands of almost 1500 bucks. And then the survey was maybe 2,800 bucks. Yep. So I'm right there with you, $30,000. And we actually are still collecting. We have two, two. So we actually, only, it was only uh, 27 acres. We turned it into three, nine acre parcels, Okay. but we sold all three of them on 30 year notes. Jesus. We're going to collect more in interest than we did on the sales price. Jesus. So you, you <laughs> sounds like you made out all right on that deal. And like from a beginner's standpoint, like just one deal like that is just, you know, that's a house payment or a few house payments every month coming in. And it's like, you only have three people paying you. It's easy to manage. It's, you know, they stop paying you. You just take the land back legally. Most states make that very easy to do. It's not that hard. People get scared and you probably will sell it for more, honestly, if someone stops paying you. So it's like, oh yeah, because they've built fences around it. They put culverts in. Yep. Uh, they 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 brought power in and and elect, or water. No one's building on them yet, uh, but they they've improved them. And you know, let me make sure I made sure that made that clear. The interest that we're going to bring in by financing those it's a very long play over thirty years is going to be more than the sales price that my buyer bought it from us for. So it just really compounds on itself. John, you've given so much. Thank you so much for being such a go-giver. What would you say to the person just getting started and just kind of nervous about all this? Oh my God, where's the economy going? I have this nine to five job, but I hate it. On on Sunday, I get depressed because I know I've got to go in on Monday morning. What would you say to that person? Uh, the Sunday scaries. I think well, we've all been there. I've been there. Your first deal is the biggest bottleneck. I see it time and time again with my students. They're scared. They're apprehensive. Does this really work? How do I do it? You just need to push through that first deal. And then it's all downhill from there. And you're going to have to start small. Start well within your budget. It's very hard. I've never lost money on land. It's very hard to lose, lose money. And you, you're not going to lose it all. It's not like a stock market investment you're not just going to lose all your money. So your risk is very small, especially if you start small. So start small within your budget, pick up a small lot, learn how to, you know, send out mail, negotiate with people, get that first deal, get it sold. The buyer pool for those small pieces is so big. I mean, there's hundreds, if not thousands of people looking for land like that every single day. So start small, get that first deal under your belt, make some money, and then it's all downhill from there. You just got to push through that that first deal. That's my, my advice. Guys, here you have it. John has, has started small. He started with a small thousand dollar lot. He turned it into a $10 million company in a very short amount of time. Late 16, I believe you said, yep. I mean, that's not very long. You know, that's what six years ago, his goal is a hundred million dollar land company. He's working on three developments right now. It's amazing. I hear that you're looking at three projects where some people are working on flipping multiple houses at a time. It sounds to me like you're just doing massive, massive deals and lower volume, which it just sounds like a perfect opportunity there. He's doing this with seller financing. The sellers are financing him the land and he's turning around and financing it as well. The most beautiful positive arbitrage you can think of where you pay the seller a little bit of money and you get paid even more every month. John, thanks for being a go-giver. Where can people find out more about you? Big on Instagram at John Jasniak. Um, I have a website, John Jasniak, johnjasniak.com. More than welcome to reach out to me anytime. John at johnjasniak.com over email. I answer all emails, all DMs. If anyone's interested, if you need help with anything, 
shoot me a DM, shoot me a question. If you want me to look at a deal for you, whatever. I have people in my DMs all the time. Hey, look at this 150 acre piece, whatever. And I just pull it up real quick, send them. Yeah, it looks nice. Or, you know, I think maybe this much per acre or, you know, what do you got going on? Whatever. So it's, yeah, I love looking at deals. I love helping people. I'll do it for free. Any DM or email, hit me up. <laughs> Thanks, John, so much for being on the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. And we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, Brad. God bless. Hey, guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode today. I want you to head on over to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land and join the land community. Again, that's wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. Join the community. Let us change your life today and do that first land deal and start rolling. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.